0: hey guys and welcome to the coffee and turner syndrome podcast pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee and let's hop into today's episode welcome back to the podcast we are on our last episode of the HRT series that's so crazy I'm so I have loved talking through all of this
1: me too I think it's been interesting and informative hopefully you guys have thought that too
0: yeah I really hope you guys have enjoyed it yeah so a couple of things to share first off we have an Instagram account now oh yay I got, I got that set up so you can find coffee and Turner syndrome on Instagram. I will put the link in the episode description and follow us there. We'll post all of the episode links and everything. Um, Yeah. So we have an Instagram account now, very exciting. And if you guys have any topic suggestions or questions or anything like that, you can send it to us on Instagram. And maybe at some point we'll put like a question box and do a Q&A episode or something. Oh yeah. That'd be fun. And then the other thing I wanted to share was a really, really interesting, I'm only about halfway through it right now, but it's only an hour long though, but um, a new video on the Turner Syndrome Society YouTube page called Bioidentical Hormones matching the missing pieces and it is a conference session I think yeah from the 2019 TS conference that is with trying to make sure the doctor's name Dr. Rhonda Robinson and yeah it's I will put the link to it in the episode description as well. It's so fascinating and just makes so much sense. And it makes me love bioidentical hormones even more, if that was possible. So I love it. I think everybody should watch it or at least listen to it, you know, have it playing in the background because there are slides showing some stuff, but she talks through everything. So you can almost listen to it like a podcast.
1: That's great.
0: Yeah, I was very, very excited and yeah, I was geeking out. So I wanted to share that. Um, yeah. So, That'll be
1: good to go along with our series. So the timing is great.
0: Yes, yes. I was thinking yep. this is good timing to be able to share this while we were wrapping up the series as the final resource and kind of even more evidence for the conversation of yes. bioidentical versus synthetic and if it matters. Spoiler alert, it does. Yes. Just... Anyways, <laughs> So, today we're gonna to talk about research. Yes. Which I feel like this video I shared about also goes along with that too, cause it's sharing the most up-to-date information, but I'm curious What have you experienced with the research side of things, Andrea, like being a part of any of it or, um, what you would like to see in the research also?
1: So as far as research, um, hormone wise, I'm in the NIH, um, study, but hormone wise, I would like to see, I don't know how much they're doing as far as participants who are part of the NIH registry through TSSUS, but I think that that would be good to have a a strong focus there. Um, I know that there is a heavy focus on the congenital um, heart defects, but I do think that uh, more research into hormones would be good, but I am part of that registry. So I'm hoping that they could utilize that to, um, help in studying, um, different, uh, options or, or how we're impacted through these therapies through HRT. Uh, also when I was younger, um, I was part of a growth hormone study.
0: Oh,
1: yes. Um, and With that also, you know, as I've said in in our other uh, episodes, the Primarin and Provera was sort of the main um, HRT uh, therapy when I was going through it initially when I was started.
0: Yeah.
1: And so for me, I just, for me, honestly, I did Google. (laughs) and I started Googling and finding different articles related to bioidentical. And and then that's what led me to start having conversations when I started looking for an endocrinologist.
0: Yeah. Google's, oh man, Google's, I gave so much warnings about Google, like take it with a grain of salt, research with it very intentionally and keeping in mind reality, but it it is almost a double-edged sword because there's so much information at your fingertips with it. So it's so great to be able to do your own research. But then the other edge of the sword is doing that intentionally and smartly and kind of being discerning as you're looking through what you find on Google.
1: Right. Yeah, you have to be very cautious when you're doing that because you can find a lot of great stuff, but you can also find things that are going to take you down a path of information that's not beneficial. And, you know, anytime you Google Turner syndrome, you're always getting the worst case scenario on things.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the images are of girls that have like, It's always the worst, most severe, I don't like using the word severe, but I feel like that's the word that conveys it the best. The most severe cases where they literally have almost every symptom possible. And that's so rare.
1: Yes, yeah. And so it could leave you overwhelmed, scared possibly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's also just Google googling something in general. I mean, there's right. millions of results you're sifting through, so it's also kind of you're drinking from a fire hose, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah. But but I I looked for a few articles. I tried to take sources that were from um, medical sites that um, you know had good reputations before I would take anything as like, with any kind of grain of salt. Um, And then when I found my current endocrinologist, I started having a conversation with him about it. And he was able to tell me a little bit more about the bioidentical. And so then that helped me feel a little bit more um, confident and wanting to try and see how that would work for me. And glad that he was um really uh encouraging of the bioidentical. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I
0: usually my first stop. So if I Google something, the first site I usually will click on if a result for it pops up is Mayo Clinic. Yeah. Because that's yeah. usually Mayo Clinic has been one that I've found very reliable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I try and and look for those. So if it's something through NIH or Mayo Clinic, something like that, where you can at least get a couple of different sources through um, reputable like medical journals or sites like Mayo Clinic, you can probably be confident that it's um, pretty good information.
0: Yeah. 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 So... I would say, well, for what I'd like to see be focused on in research, hormones in general and HRT, just because I feel like it's foundational and kind of what you use for everything else. Like, usually, some kind of issue you're fighting is going to link back to hormones being imbalanced or needing to adjust them or the hormone deficiency because that's the basis of basically Turner syndrome um but I think most specifically I'd love to see some studies done on groups using some of the different forms of it and see what the differences might be now I feel like that's a complicated thing so that might be something we may never see because everybody's going to be so different anyways there's so much you wouldn't be able to control for to not have to give caveats of like but this doesn't account for these variabilities in everybody but i guess just some kind of basis for understanding what the experiences on each are and almost tweaking it like how how uniquely and conformed to what that girl needs can you get that form of it
1: also yeah yeah
0: so those are things that I think I, I mean I know it's kind of basic to say, but the hormones are so foundational that I almost feel like it's the path to addressing everything else. So it's not something that should be ignored. And I feel like a lot of emphasis gets put on, well, we've got, we've got treatments, we've got HRT routines. Why? do too in depth because we know we have options that work so I don't know that's what I would love to see <laughs> and I do love the heart research too I think that is important because I mean even though everything's been fine in mind so far I never want to take for granted that could change So even if you don't have a heart issue you're struggling with or, or navigating, it's still important to all of us.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it is. And, um, you never know when something might come up. Um, but yeah, I would, I would like to see that. I, I don't know how much impact that has. But that's something that I would like to know, because as you were mentioning, you know, they're having low hormones, being deficient can be a contributor uh, to a lot of things. That if that were being managed, then I think a lot of other potential issues could be managed as well or even potentially non-existent. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd love to, to see um, more about the long-term effects, though, like, two, that could potentially have um, on us health-wise.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, maybe to see the impact, like, how it, it does impact bone density. Like, does it make, how much... Uh, Does it really benefit bone density, Um, you know, uh, especially as you get older, but yeah, I'd like to see sort of how, you know, someone that maybe been on in a while, how they might be impacted as somebody that might be younger new um, on HRT to see the various effects over time and just for um, different age groups for people. Um so we can be more informed and have a better idea of maybe ways to as people switch, you know, go through different stages of life, like if somebody's going through menopause or whatever, how to adjust and manage um more efficiently and better hormones for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like some of this also goes into going from pediatric to adult care also um that Mm -hmm. I think is where you become most concerned with long-term effects and what does it look like as we get older how how do we know how to adjust it or what we should be paying attention to when we get older I think that'd be a good thing too because like we talked about uh, the hormone regimen that worked when we were 12, not necessarily going to be a great one when we're 30. Right. That might need to shift just simply for how our bodies naturally change as we age. So that's another piece that I don't feel like I've seen a lot about that um would be huge.
1: Yes, I agree. Yeah. um, I just think I, overall, I feel like we're, as far as research, it's sort of one of the issues that kind of, well, this is just my opinion. I feel like it's a little bit lower down in priority when it comes to research than it should be.
0: Adult care. And I think, right. Yeah, I agree
1: overall and i think for adult care especially that's going to be very important because um you know we're going you know going through different changes and even when you're 30 is going to be different from when you when you become 40 or 50 yeah and so you know i feel like there's more to um I think dive into um to see it's because it's a area where I think there's a lot of um where it seems to be oh, well personally a lot of struggle like struggle for a lot of the girls that I talk to um I know for me it's just it is a struggle um and so I just I feel like overall though it's kind of, especially when you're talking about adult care, a little bit lower on the priority, um, and I like to I like to see a little bit more important like or emphasis on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think, and I think it probably comes from a level of like, well, we're trying to make sure you're surviving in the earlier years. And like putting out fires, then, and so once you get to a certain age, they're almost like, "Whew, okay, you survived," mm-hmm. and they basically feel like, "Well, smooth sailing from here." Mm, hold on though, because we have our whole rest of our lives we have to live. Yeah, that yeah. that we have to know how to handle what's gonna pop up because it's different. You know, there's still things as menopause is gonna look different. Um, all of those normal life-changing things as you get older looks different simply because you have Turner syndrome. Right. And so I I tend to, I tend to guess that it comes from a, a, a approach of we're trying to make sure you survive all of the health complications. And so those get prioritized over, uh, well, you survived. You're okay. And, (laughs) but, but I think now we're almost seeing kind of a symptom of that because there are a lot of girls that are having pretty serious complications arise in their thirties and forties and almost doctors not fully knowing what to do. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's also a symptom of because of the emphasis on child care for turner syndrome adult there's a lot less adult doctors that actually know that much about it right it's a very concentrated group that actually knows that much about it you can't go to an er and see a normal doctor and have them understand the full impact of things when you say, I have Turner syndrome or when they see on your chart that you have Turner syndrome.
1: Right, yeah. And um, <clears throat> there, and, and I'm glad because, um, and this would also be good, but hopefully one day there will be, is how in Kansas City, there is a um, adult woman's clinic that um, for Turner syndrome that um, is being developed. And so I've gotten to participate in a few times um, and it's a great way to have a center of care um, to try and get specialists together. So they're all kind of communicating together and it's also as a patient, you can see the doctors that you need to in one day.
0: Yeah, that's um, so
1: cool. Yes. But with that, <laughs> I definitely think there needs to be, um, I mean, I definitely see as, a, as an area is more knowledge um, about the hormones. And, you know, it's one of those things, because like we said, I mean, um, it's not a cookie cutter approach that you can have, but it's so important because if your hormones are in balance, so many other things aren't going to be right. But I, I would love to see that duplicated throughout the States and people have that access and then people who can then, um, hopefully learn more, um, uh, and have an understanding of, um, hormones and other issues that come with, uh, Turner's and hopefully be able to see how one just kind of has an impact on the other, but I mean, cause I, I can tell you, and I don't think I understood that as much as when I got sick in 2019 because, yeah. um, you know, my, my hormones were out of whack. My diabetes was out of whack, but my hormones were also contributing to my diabetic issues. And my whole system then just started freaking out. And so I could tell that in the way that my cycle was, and I never had that issue. But, you know, and so I took that for granted through um, my 20s and going into my 30s. I was like, I had my regimen. It's great. And even when I started on um, the uh, bioidentical, it was great. But then, you know, all of a sudden this came up. But it was a combination of my body started to change, my response to hormones started to change. And So my body was just all out of whack.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's just one of those things that like, um, you know, it'd be helpful because I said, you know, like took for granted um, the way things worked in my twenties. It's not exactly going to be the same thing as your 30, 40, 50, you know, and those needs change your body changes and responds differently at times. And so I think, that technology, you know, we have great technology, great re, uh, resources um, that help with. I think a lot of um, being able to detect and identify other issues, and those are important. But you know, and they should still be at the at the forefront, especially cardiac. But I think that the hormone issue has been taken a little bit for granted overall and kind of put towards the back of all of that, and I think it's time to move it up, yeah, um, because we we know a lot about some of these other issues. We have specialists and doctors that understand that a little bit more, not so much the hormonal aspect,
0: yeah, yeah. And we're seeing, at at least from what I've seen, we're seeing women later on dealing with health stuff with their hormones going, like questioning, is this an impact from my HRT? Is this not like, and having things they're dealing with that I think a lot could be answered by looking at that closer. You know, it's not like there's nothing, it, it's not like it's all level and everything's been fine. I've been seeing a pattern of women, 30s, wondering like, is this normal? Like I'm, I'm on this HRT, is this normal? And mm-hmm. there's just so much less information.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And I don't see, while I get why it's something that's used as a tool, I don't see birth control being a good option, especially because we can easily see an impact on the fertility of women that don't have Turner syndrome. I mean, I I know when I made the switch part of me kind of was glad that I wasn't on a birth control just because I knew that that impact. And I'm like, I already don't have a chance. I don't need anything else helping that and doing anything to mess up my system even more. That was just my
1: opinion. (laughs) Yeah, no, I had the same opinion um, through, a couple of things and that has been stuff that i looked up and tried to look at the options and i just felt like bio identical seemed to be the most natural um way to go and probably the least harsh i guess on my body um I have, I had heard um, one from my endocrinologist, um, but two prior to me getting um, established with him as a patient from a few other people in the TS community when I started trying to look into it um, about the birth control and um, you know hearing experiences. I just I felt like that was not going to be the best option for me. and so that's not exactly the route that I wanted to um to take and I uh talked to my endocrinologist about it and you know he's pretty thorough in explaining the different options and that's one of the ones that he likes to prescribe the least um he did for me because of the situation that I was in but when I told him I couldn't do it, he was like, let's go back to your old regimen. Yeah. But there was a specific reason why I had to take it because, um, the way that my body was is, uh, at the time was such a mess. And so, um, he did recommend that. And so I was actually kind of surprised. Um, but yeah, I mean, it did what I needed to do at the time, but I was not, anticipating completely just my cycles like stopping. Um and being as um deficient on, on hormones as I am, I wasn't gonna get nearly what I needed yeah. by being on on birth control. Um which is one oh, yeah. of the one of the things that I would say is a criticism, I guess. Um and for some that may work great and that's perfectly fine. But I just feel like for TS women, um, being that we can be pretty low, not make any, I just feel like it's not sufficient as far as, especially if you're in childbearing years too, sufficient for the level of hormones that you might need.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, my, my, I can't, oh, I was trying to remember the word my doctor used detectable the detectable level of hormones I was getting was scarily low and that was why she was concerned in the first place and wanted to try something else because she was just that worried that I was not getting enough and I mean that's now I feel like just a fact I I wasn't um And those are things that I think not only is more research helpful, but I think also this is where the education piece comes in, where more doctors need to have access and need to be given these resources and this information so they can make the best decisions with their patients as possible. And... I feel like that's a big piece of this too. Is there, there may be some research or information out there, but who is it being given to? And is it, is this being brought to the attention of the doctors, of all of the doctors that should have it, that it would benefit for them and their patients for them to have it? Yeah. I, and- I tend to think not fully.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: So,
1: and I don't know about you, but when it comes to birth control, when I look, there's, I come across what seems to be more of um, the recommendation to, to be on birth control when it comes to TS. I feel like when they talk about um, HRT, that's what you read about and hear about most of the time. Yeah. Um when it comes to these different HRT options. And so I feel like that's the one that kind of gets put out there and um I I think too that that's why um due diligence and research is important. I mean it's it's definitely an option, but I I think that um from experience. I have not heard much as far as, um, benefits for it. Yeah. And I think that's something that I would like to see too, um, when it comes to research, at least, you know, uh, changing that conversation <laughs> a little bit <laughs> and, um, putting more information out there. Um, so, it's not just, oh, birth control. Yeah. That must be what I need to do. Um, and and knowing that there's, there's other options, so.
0: It's a very uniquely woman problem to have. Yeah. You have to worry about, oh, we'll just put you on birth control and it'll fix the issues you're having. Mm, no, our hormone system's more complicated than that.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> no. <laughs> and and I I get why for say probably um, women who are going through menopause, you know, or something like that, that um, where that might be a good option for hormone replacement therapy. But you have to keep in mind, like. TS is a is a completely different situation, and yeah. so um, and we do use it longer term. And I think that just kind of moves into um, how they approach hormone replacement with TS. And I don't think it's it's the always the most effective way for. Yeah. Some of which she has, as opposed to a menopausal female.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially because there's serious complications when you have this wrong. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. not insignificant risks to a bad HRT routine. So,
1: Mm-mm. yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I feel like a good end to this series might also maybe be a and a like see if anybody has any questions based off of what we've talked about. Yes. So we could put a question box in our Instagram stories. So make sure you're following our Instagram and we can put a question box there. Send your questions there if you have any. And if we get enough, um, we'll do a QA and a episode specifically for the HRT series. And that way- Yes we can have um, an episode on that. And then we can put the episodes in a highlight on Instagram too, so you can go through the whole, like we'll do just a HRT. I'm so excited to organize Instagram now. So (laughs) send us your questions there. I will put an Instagram question box in our stories and yeah, let us know what you guys think, your experiences, any questions you have.
1: Yes. Is there anything
0: else you want to say wrapping up the series
1: well um you know i think that that would be a great way to continue the conversation definitely um want to hear from you let us know what you think um you know hopefully you've enjoyed the series with us and have found it interesting and uh so let us know you know we want to hear your experiences too so feel free to share those with us ask us questions um, we are happy to answer.
0: Yeah. And we'll talk Mm -hmm. to you guys in the next episode. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. If you would like to support the podcast, I do have listener support set up on Anchor. And if you'd like to leave me a voice message, I would love to hear from you. Make sure you're subscribed so you see when the next one comes out. And I will see you guys in the next episode.